Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the Left of Greg podcast. I am Brian Marin, the host and creator of the show. As always, I will be joined by human behavior expert, Mr. Greg Williams, who the show is affectionately named after. Here on the Left of Greg show, our goal is to increase your advanced critical thinking ability through a better understanding of what we call human behavior, pattern recognition, and analysis. If you'd like to find out more about what that is, you can check out our website at arcadiacognorati.com or by following us on Facebook at HBPRA. Please help support the show by checking out our Patreon site where for just a few dollars you can have access to all kinds of episode extras, videos, and short tutorials that are updated weekly. Just click the link in the episode details that says support the show and we'll take you directly to that site. If you have any questions or would like us to cover a specific topic, please reach out to us at leftofgreg at gmail.com. On today's episode, Greg and I are giving you the real story behind the recently released Richard Jewell movie that tells the story of the Centennial Park bombing at the 1996 Olympic Games in Atlanta. The real bomber, Eric Rudolph, carried out three more bombing attacks after the Centennial Park and was on the run for five years before he was finally caught. Greg and I discuss what happens when you put too much importance on ideology rather than focusing on the evidence. Thanks again for tuning in and we hope you enjoy the show. I like the fact that my suit coat, suit coat is rippling rather than sausage casing like normally. <laughs> I'm stretching at the seams of all my clothing. That's good to see. So on that note, I think we'll we'll go ahead and, and get started today. You're welcome. So uh, today's episode, uh, we're going to be talking about, it's inspired by the recent um, Richard Jewell movie that was just released. It's out on um, Apple or Netflix or something. Uh, I watched most of it o- over last weekend. And then we were having a conversation um, actually yesterday with our, our buddy Walt from down in Texas. So you guys can check us out on the, the Distinguished Savage podcast. We'll, we'll put the links up. But uh, kind of when we started talking about lone wolf attacks and different types of behavior or not just attacks, but pe- people or humans who, who become lone wolves or who are off by themselves or not part of a group. And there's actually very, very few of those types of individuals, right? We all think we're, we, we're our own individual person and that we have our own likes and wants and desires, but many times it's more so to kind of fit in, right? Uh, we, we all even want to be, we all want to be part of a group. I don't care if you're a prepper type survivalist who says, no, I do this. No, you're, you're, you have a group of people that you belong with. That's what you depend on for survival. You may not see them every day. You may not go to their house for dinner, but you're part of that group. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so there's actually very few loners and, and we don't, I I would say the overarching terms, like we kind of, as a society, we don't really like those because they actually kind of scare us, right? That's the people living off by themselves off the land up in the mountain or something. It's where we're, we're all required to be part of a community to fit in and to survive. And that person's not, it's almost a little odd for us, right? Uh, From, for most humans to really understand because you know, that's not what, what their, their typical behavior is. So one of these true loners is because the real story about Richard Jewell and the, and the Centennial Park bombing and, and the 96 Olympics in Atlanta, um, uh, the real story is about Eric Rudolph, the, the guy who, who actually carried out the attack and who did the bombing and several others. And we'll, we'll jump into that. But I know the story got mixed around where Richard Jewell was kind of falsely accused uh, by a newspaper, got information leaked by federal agent sources or something, or some law enforcement source that he was a focus of the investigation. They ran with this whole big story, completely ruined this poor guy's life. Uh, I mean, completely ruined his life, uh, turned it upside down. I know afterwards he was at least at least able to 
recoup some money uh, in lawsuits and stuff, but I don't think it was a lot. And I'm, sh- I'm, I'm, I'm sure he would, would have rather have given it all back to have his life back. Uh, so that's a whole nother topic we could go down, but, but I want to kind of focus in on the actual person we're talking about is this Eric Rudolph. And, and to kind of give a, a quick background on Eric is he had, um, a number of bombings in the, in the nineties, right? So four different bombings from 96 to 98. Uh, he did started with the, um, Centennial park bombing at the uh, 96 Atlanta Olympics and then continued on from there. But he, he was, um, killed two people out of all the attacks, killed two people, injured a couple hundred others and kind of set off basically like a five year manhunt from, uh, in, federal, local, state, law enforcement agencies, task force. Basically, this guy got away for about five years, uh, living off the grid, kind of by himself. And so that's kind of what the focus of of today's pod is going to be about. But I I do want to kind of start it off with this of what these true kind of loners are, because there's other folks out there. There's obviously Eric Rudolph. There's people like Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, uh, uh, University and Airlines. Uh, That's why he got the name Unabomber. Um, But he was same thing. He was living in a cabin by himself, kind of complete loner, shut out. He he was also a brilliant mathematician uh, prior to all this. And and so he was, uh, you got guys like Tim McVeigh, I would probably put in that category from the Oklahoma city bombing. Same thing. He moved around from group to group, um, booted out of the army or had to leave and then, uh, tried to join a bunch of groups. Tried to join the Michigan militia. They were like, Hey dude, you're a little too much for us. Keep moving. Uh, and him and his buddy, Terry Nichols carried out that attack. But you know, when we're talking about actual true loners and it also makes it a little bit more difficult to find these individuals, right? They're not part of a group. They don't leave as much of a trace, but, but I I just kind of want to maybe make the point that you're talking about a very, very, very small amount of people. I mean, is that correct, Greg, in terms of psychologically insignificant? It's such a small number. You know, Brian, you bring up such incredible points. It's hard to know where to start. So I I would say, first, all our listeners, our viewers, uh, uh, you have to draw a line and I'm, I'm writing down things that you said, <clears throat> because when you were trying to classify him, Brian, uh, Gladwell would call them outliers, right? Yeah. yeah. When Gladwell, Gladwellian folks uh, were talking about outliers, uh, uh, Gladwell actually meant creative geniuses that came up with an idea. And then, you know, so we're actually talking about the other end of the psychological spectrum. And, and if, if you were going to put some labels down, I jotted down quickly. Uh, loner, lone wolf, nonconformist, and criminal, all of those stand alone. They're all buckets that survive on their own. And each of those can have a person at some time in their life. But it's really hard to characterize a person and talk about them because we have the loner who's the cat lady on the block mm-hmm. that's always been alone, never was married. Um, <clears throat> we have another uh, loner who is the guy that recently lost his wife of 47 years mm-hmm. and he just stays to himself in his shed. None of those people ever engage in any criminal activity. And if they do like, like smoking the, the kind bud, maybe in a, in a place where it's still illegal, they do it behind closed doors. Right. Even the worst criminals that you mentioned have a public persona, a persona that they have to use to go to Ace Hardware to get more chloroform. Yeah, it's it's or, every, it's, every it's, serial killer has to. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I think this pendulous swing that we're talking about is, is uh, an incredible topic. Uh, I just want to make sure that folks at home don't misabuse those titles. A lone wolf isn't a loner. And a lone wolf right. uh, 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 isn't necessarily a criminal. 
Uh, so so, so let's that, make sure that as we're reading about this and talking about it, let's make sure we classify it. In a no, right and that's a, that's a great point because uh, to go right back to Richard Jewell, um, who was a bit of a loner himself. He was. Yes. Um, that's ends up skewing our view or putting, you know, I guess putting our thumb on the scale yep. for some of these situations. So why was, why was Richard Jewell initially considered suspect? Well, he fell into some yeah. of those buckets. Meaning, he really meaning, did. So, so Brian, and you know, who's guilty of this? We're all guilty of this because everyone centric, right? Yeah. And we've got a narrow tunnel vision sort of laser focus when it comes to things. So, uh, uh, one of Brian's uh, models, uh, mentors, let's call it, uh, is uh, Greta Thunberg. And <laughs> so the news media has put Greta Thunberg on a pedestal, right. you know, knowingly or, or unknowingly. Right. And yeah. I'll see a, an article perhaps where she's put up there and then there's a captain of industry or a king or, or a monarch or, or our president. And uh, her word is taken with equal verve when, when the people are comparing things. Look, time out. Right. Get thee to training. One. So do your homework too. Don't start putting round pegs into square holes. Right. Don't Look don't Richard. Yeah, yeah. Don't equate don't equate an influencer with an expert. You're exactly right. So what happened is Richard Jewell fit a bunch of these laminated hard shell, yeah, uh, drawn it with the marker things. Okay. Uh, one, uh, people that are intrigued by an investigation and follow up with it are sometimes involved in the homicide or, or the, mm -hmm. the attack. And they want to be, yep. you know, they want to insinuate themselves into the investigation too. Uh, loners, people that, that keep to themselves and their neighbors don't know much about, uh, can turn out to be a criminal and a heinous criminal. Like, uh, uh, what's the Milwaukee, uh, guy to date everybody, Dahmer. Dahmer. Do you get what I'm yeah. trying to say? So, so what happens is Jewel was at the scene immediately makes him a suspect. He saved some people and was thrust into a, a heroic limelight. Well, mm -hmm. maybe that was a motivation for somebody in history that they wanted to do something, be seen. You know, uh, Six Semper Tyrannus. Uh, yeah. uh, that guy thought he was, uh, uh, you know, when he jumped off the balcony, he thought he was doing a heroic act for the nation, right? right? So, so we have to be careful and not allow. Well, what's that thing called, Marin? That you shine light into it and it turns all uh, different colors. Uh, yeah, the prism, uh, the uh, prism. light. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So we don't want to. We don't want to shine a light and come out with a prism and go, there, there you have it, because that's flipping meaningless. Now, I haven't seen the film, I'll tell you that, but I know the story of Rudolph, I know the story of Jewel, well, and it's a great one to, to use in this context. So, yeah, and, th and that's why I want to talk about Eric Rudolph, too, because okay. the movie was about Jewel, and, and that the whole movie was about him. I, I didn't make it through it all. I, I watched it. It, it was it, I actually- He dies at the end. Well, <laughs> yeah. Sorry he, to uh, blow it for you, but he dies at 44. <laughs> Yeah, you know, from, he's a young guy, so no matter. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but but hey, they really all, uh, portray him to be this like you. They they develop the movie rightly so develops a lot of sympathy for him because you're like you feel bad for this guy. He's trying to do the I right would. thing, but he's kind yeah. of like also kind of like that that uh, uh, almost like a stereotype of a cop that no one likes, where he's just no, you got to do the rules and this and now harassing people yep. and all this starts to happen. So like, but he's also they portray him as like this guy. He, he just want he believes in law and order and wants to do the right thing. And guess what? The guy, he, the guy did the right thing. The guy saw something and he said something. He went, whoa, this isn't right. This is, what they, this is what they trained me to do. He, Richard Jewell saved lives. Right. So he was a, 
a guy who was just thrust into a spotlight that shouldn't have been, that couldn't handle it. And that's unfortunate and it's horrible. And actually there's a, the, the, the a New York times reporter, when I was kind of doing some back research on it, it actually came out and he wrote the obituary for, uh, for the New York times for Richard Jewell wow. it was 10 years ago when he died, but he was originally covering that story down in Atlanta. And so he wanted to run with it too. After that paper in Atlanta, put out the story that he's a big suspect and this is what's going on. So he wants to run with it. And he actually said his editor at the, at the New York times and at the time said, absolutely not. No way. You get a couple hundred words to talk about the story. You're not going down. You're not saying that about him. You're not this. It doesn't smell right. And he said he fought it. He said he fought it to the point where he was ready to quit. And he looked back and his editor was right, you know, looking back. And he said it was like the greatest lesson I ever learned in, in journalism in his career in his life he's like i was so ready to jump on this and get yes. it done because that's my job and and it took the old sage graybeard to go no 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 this doesn't smell right there's not enough info you can't do that and and what did everyone who ran with the story did they ruined this guy's life i mean that, that's what happened what are we talking about one you just brought up an excellent sidebar like if we're in class right now brian and we're doing in-person training this would be a breakout session we would talk about tactical patience okay yep. Because you have to control the message and you have to control it at a speed that's comfortable for you. And the opposite side of that <clears throat> would be that we're talking about the gift of time and distance. And the gift of time and distance is that if you're so close to the mark and everything seems like it's going the right way and you seem like you've got all this credible information pouring in and you want to press send, I would tell everybody, take that extra half second and think that you're being ambushed. Because nothing goes that easy. Uh, there's always another story. Now, that doesn't mean waiting around until everybody scoops you. I get that it's uh, a competition. Right. But at the same token, Brian, what you did for a living, you measured uh, right and wrong with the deaths of yeah. your closest friends and, and, right. and other U.S. soldiers. So here, uh, it was tantamount to the same thing because Richard Jewell, you know what? He might have been a quirky guy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, but he sure. wasn't an evil guy, no. and he didn't deserve uh, the sort of Damocles, which which came down and just ripped him from his job, his life, his career. And now it's a footnote. Uh, what is it? Uh, probably 13, 14 years after his death, yeah. all of a sudden there's a movie out. He can't eat the popcorn. He can't enjoy his own film. You know, uh, and God only knows when Hollywood is injected into. Uh, and, and, and that's the other thing is it's why I don't want to talk too much about the movie. I'm just saying that's why I said they portrayed him in this light. I don't know how yeah. much was real or true or what, right. what he actually said, because, you know, they portrayed it as like, you know, the, the F, well, they portrayed it too, as the FBI was basically doing completely illegal things, getting him to come in there and question where they said, hey, we're going to we want to film a training video about this here. Just sign this real quick. And he reads it and goes, hey, this is a Miranda warning. He's like, oh, it's fake. It's all for production. So he fake signs it. And then they go, no, you have to sign it for real. And he's like, wait a minute. Something doesn't seem right. So I don't know how true any of that was. Sure. Um, sure. If it was, I mean, that was just highly, highly illegal. Um, exactly. So I, I don't know what of that occurred. So but but beyond that, and this is why I, I want to talk about it. One, it's, it's important to understand you know, how he got roped into that, how yep. we can go too far on that, right? Because there's always yep. two sides of the coin. When we start to use those buckets or those profiles that the yep. that some of the three-letter agencies really like to use, and then they go, yeah, look, see, he fit our profile. It's like, well, yeah, so we can't there's be millions wrong. of people. <laughs> but, but we can't be wrong, Brian. Right, you know? right. If it fits in the bucket, and look, it, it, it's, what do they call that, the, the hoop with uh, no net? You know what I'm saying? When you, when you turn, 
Hey, yeah. Look, it fits in there perfectly. Yeah, that's yeah. when you should be most suspect. When so, something- so here, so here's the deal with with Rudolph, right? He did four different bombings, both uh, Birmingham and Atlanta, right? A few years apart. Started with the '96, and then what? '98. Uh, I just want to make sure you get it right. Was the was the last one, and that was at the abortion clinic in Birmingham, Alabama. Right. So, whole time uh, they're they're looking for this guy. It didn't take too long after they t- tore apart Richard Jewell's life to realize he wasn't the guy. Right. And then they're now they're on on the on the path of eventually even before his last bombing they they knew uh they had a suspect of eric rudolph right so so they knew a guy they had a task force they had resources going to it they had you know for for years and this guy you know was that survivalist uh living off the land type thing which can make it uh more difficult or makes it a lot more difficult to to actually capture him but the the point of, of all this is to understand one how he was actually captured was he was rummaging through a dumpster behind a uh, grocery store at you know three or four o'clock in the morning and a road cop on the street just driving past saw it and went well that doesn't seem right you know went and contacted sure enough you know it turns out to be the uh, guy that this huge he's the top ten most wanted list for FBI yep. huge manhunt after him and finds out it's him so so. This is why when we bring up those different profiles or different ways to categorize information, that's what it's used for, to categorize. That doesn't mean that's, that's it and that's what you use, right? Uh, so so and, and how often do is it the, the guy running the task force ever the one that catches the guy? Never. It's always some, someone either in a community or a police officer driving by sees, uh, I always give the Ted Bundy example, hey, headlights are out. Hey, that's not the paper boy. Let's pull him Got over. It pulls him over and finds a, you know, a rape and murder kit in the back seat and goes, okay, well let's hook him up. Right. So, so that's where it comes from. And those are the, those are the indicators you're going to see. But, uh, the reason you brought you and we, we, we always shy away from motive because motive doesn't matter. Now we understand it and, and there's, there's, it's okay to understand and use motive for different situations, right? Like, uh, if you're talking to a suspect and you know, he's your guy and you're trying to establish rapport and understanding their motivation, but that, that's, that's not for understanding the crime. I don't think it's also used. We use that because we don't understand things. We have to explain it to a jury and we have to go, well, why? Cause you know, an average person on the street doesn't understand why you would put a bomb together and then put it at the Olympics and kill exactly. it. So, exactly. so we have to go, Hey, look, a prosecutor has to sit there and say, look, he was upset because this, he's a, a, a an extremist ideology. Uh, this is what he believes in. Uh, this is what he was seen. You know, this, this target was then, uh, he it was seen as something that would fit into what he would be angry at. It was symbolic of it. And, and that's how we have to understand it. Okay. So that's why motive is there. And, and so it's not that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in the case of for what we talk about human behavior pattern recognition analysis, right? It doesn't matter in terms of finding a guy usually even, right? You don't even necessarily, yep. it doesn't matter. So no, you don't need it to prosecute a guy. So no, you don't, if you have a- evidence. And in this case, he ended up uh, obviously copying a plea deal and uh, was sentenced to life. He's not far from you in Colorado locked That's up. Cool. Right? And, uh, and, and he, you know, admitted to it. So they, there would no need for a trial, but anyway, we, we get into a number of different areas. And so one of the things I want to talk about is because, you know, the FBI uses their procedures in certain ways and how they do things. And I thought it was funny because I read the interview of the lead agent in charge of the task force. And this speaks directly to, to kind of our feelings as well on motive, right? Because one of the guys asked him, you know, he, he, he said, uh, I just want to find it uh, so I, I, I can get the, the actual uh, uh, quote. Uh, let me find it real quick here. 
That folks okay. is called dead air. Yeah, well, I'm gonna cut it out. So. We pride ourselves on it. <laughs> so uh, no, I'd but like but, to call it out. Yeah. No, they, they just said it is the guy interviewing the, the this then I think now retired FBI agent said, hey, what were Rudolph's motives for the bombing? And I responded, he said, well, he had borrowed ideas from a lot of different places and formed his own personal ideology. He clearly was anti-government, anti-abortion, anti-gay, anti a lot of things. The bombings really sprang from his own unique biases and prejudices. He had his own way of looking at the world and didn't get along with a lot of people. Okay, to me, that's like, well, you got it. Like, meaning... It, yeah, he because that comes across to me as yeah, he was into that and he didn't like that. And he didn't like that. Look, the guy's an asshole. All right, like you, you know what I mean. That's what it comes down to. Is we want to put this as okay. Well, he had some far right wing Christian ideology, and that's why he was carrying out the bombings. Um, in our way to sense make and understand some of this, but but it doesn't really have anything to do with the case as far as we're concerned. So. Why, why shouldn't we be concerned with, with those things, Greg? Why shouldn't so, we care about that? So theory close enough, and, and, and white-belted folks, theory close enough. Your brain is going to lock onto patterns, and it's going to recognize patterns, and that's how you live your life. And guess what? If it's close enough to be cognitively close enough, it's going to get painted in, and then you're going to believe that until you're disabused by studying, learning, having training, or something else coming up. So uh, uh, if I would go white-belt on you, and I would say, the first attack happened at a public place where a bunch of different nations were. The second mm -hmm. attack happened at a gay bar in Atlanta. The third and fourth attacks happened in uh, abortion clinics. Uh, the first attack, uh, uh, the suspect called twice and warned cops and cops didn't listen. The second, third, and fourth attacks, he didn't call. And in the third and fourth attack, he waited till cops were on scene to detonate the fourth attack that killed somebody. First attack, he killed a woman and a Turkish uh, a news media person that was there. And the fourth attack, he killed a copper and waited until the copper was over the device before detonating, uh, uh, forever mauling a, a nurse that was working at the right. clinic. So if you have just that, Brian, if you just have that and you go to your dry erase board and you just did this, comma, this, comma, this, then put a big square and solve for X, what you're going to look at is you're going to say, what do these things have in common? Okay, so I have a person that has grudge with abortion clinics. That seems to be borne out. I have a person that's got a problem with authority figures. That seems to be borne out. Uh, I have a person that may have an ideology that hates political something. Don't know yet. Don't know yet what the Olympics meant yet. Okay. Then we also have a, a situation where it was a lesbian bar that wasn't hidden as a lesbian bar. It was out and it was proud. And he knew it was uh, uh, likely a lesbian bar and didn't. You know, he didn't do three or four bars to try to get one gay person. Right. So now, if I just have that written up there, what happens is there's things that become more likely when I'm building a profile of my suspect. And those things weren't used. Many things were used. Many people, like, for example, uh, the bomber had access to dynamite because each one of the bombs was virtually identical. Um, each bomb was found in a backpack, and the backpack le was left in uh, what we call a natural line of drift, right? right. Uh, uh, so those things start creating, Brian, within a real investigator, a robust case for the type of human that we're looking for, okay? And you don't know it. And specifically, I'll, I'll give you a real good one from the very beginning, Brian. Do you think that if we went to Eric Rudolph's house and asked his mom and dad, well, you can't ask his dad, he's dead. Yeah. But if we ask his mom, hey, uh, uh, was Eric a loner? No. 
Uh, would of his brother not. say he's yeah. a liar? No, his brother would no, be like, no, I see him all the time. You're too close. Yeah, 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 you yeah. can't see that. Yeah. So what happens is we start, we have to take bias out of our conjecture. And it is conjecture. It's, it's thinking what fits. Now, I, I said something about Rudolph's dad. Rudolph's dad died of cancer. Eric Rudolph had a grudge with the government forever, thinking that there was a, a drug that was out there that he had heard and read about, about on the internet that would have saved his dad's life. So he hated the feds from that day forward. Uh, um, he thought that because his family and he were repressed and they lived in a, a bad area that the government was holding them down and you guys were conspiring uh, uh, with uh, uh, a different form of uh, communism and, and socialism to break down the U.S. economy. And he wrote a bunch of stuff about that on, on Internet sites. So then what, what does the uh, uh, something like the Olympics represent? Do you see what I'm trying to say? Never put <clears throat> a round peg in a square hole, sorry, and never rush to an unreasonable judgment. How many times have we said that? And Brian, your whole movie about Richard Jewell tends to show that a group of people rush to an unreasonable. Now, now you're saying, yeah, but wait a minute, unreasonable. There was some buckets. Yeah, guess what? Yeah. There was still some buckets empty. There was oh, still some buckets the, that were only the, half full, right? Well, the 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 most important buckets uh, uh, that had nothing in them were evidence, right? So you, <laughs> exactly. You, okay, you, listen. I don't know how you do that in audio, but underline that, and folks, you go back and listen to what Brian Marin just said. That's brilliant. That's exactly what it is. Artifacts it, and evidence didn't occur. Right. And so that's why it, when exists. we say I, we don't care about motive or we don't care about ideology, I'm not saying it doesn't. It look, it's we want to do this evidence-based, not ideology-based, right? So yes. so if you look at like everything you just said, okay, well, he used dynamite and nails and probably the same type of, similar type of backpack along a natural yep. line. Those are the things that you need to look into, right? Uh, exactly. Because how did he get Those access? Are your fingerprints. How do you get access to that type of dynamite? Those are the fingerprints versus, oh, hey, does this guy we have over here fit a, a, a behavioral profile for someone? So 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 when they started executing, executing the search warrants, because he was right to be a suspect, Brian, and I'm not saying that that that, that Richard yep. Jewell shouldn't have been a suspect. Exactly. I'm saying that he would have been one of a number of suspects. And then you start putting it, okay, well, you would have had a place. And how long was it there? Are there any other witnesses that put him at the scene with the backpack? Did he show up at work for it? Can we rewind the tape and look at surveillance camera? When we executed the, the, the S&W on his crib, uh, when we went through the house, did we check the garbage, the, the dumpster outside? Was there evidence? Were there uh, uh, physical tool mark impressions on one and the other? Those are the, the, the amazing things that you call evidence, the artifact and evidence that make your case. And we can't just say, you know who's good for this? Jimmy's good for this. Remember mm -hmm. how Jimmy used to rob them old yeah. ladies down in District 7? But, Brian, do we not still get that type of investigatory? Uh, all the time. Uh, I, I mean, all the time. All, we all every day. I, I, it happens. It happens so often, and because we're all humans and guilty of this, we don't realize yeah. that we're doing it sometimes, right? And a lot of people don't, and and that's why I think focusing on some of those things goes because you know, I, obviously about him, he his motivation, I guess, if anything, was yeah, he he hated the government for a number of reasons. Some of you just spoke to, he was a lot of people do. Kick, kick out. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. A lot of people do and never build a bomb. Am I lying? And yeah, your your point too, Brian. I, I want you to just rewind just a little bit. Motivation, modus operandi, uh, motive, all of those are words that are in the same color spectrum, the same palette uh, uh, for Eaton, but they don't all mean the same no, thing. And they no. certainly don't in context. So when a person goes, Well, what's his motivation? His motivation is he's pissed off. Well, yeah. how did you know that? Because he's Flipping, killing people. He, he killing people. See what I'm trying to say? So, yeah. so sometimes it's that simple to create a starting point, isn't it? 
No, no, it, it is. And, and those things are, we, you know, people, they're, they're obvious. You know what I mean? Like, like you just said, like a lot of people hate the government or pissed off, especially mm -hmm. right now. That, mm -hmm. One, there's nothing illegal about it. In fact, in fact, I would say it's, it's your, your, that's, that's what, what makes America what it is, is that we there's hate a constitutional protection right? to allow you. to. So, so yeah, we, we, we we build that. Yeah. We, the founding yeah. fathers built that in because they knew, no, you have every right to that government was a necessary evil. That's what they're, they were pissed. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. That's, that's, how they, that's how we formed they our said, own. Nation, they right? said, how do we form a government, which is something that we hate. Exactly. But, but so, so to speak to that, you know, he had a lot of different reasons for, you know, wanting to be, or to be angry or whatever. But, but like you just said, that, that doesn't speak to, you know, that, that, that doesn't make anything illegal. Same thing with some of the stuff that Richard Jewell is doing. He's a yep. weird, quirky guy, but, but it, but it wasn't illegal, you know, or, or we're having that same argument right now with the government agency that will remain nameless. And yeah. I heard it again on a phone call that you and I were on that lasted forever. Sun yeah. came up, sun went down. I was yeah. saying sunrise, yeah. sunset the whole time. Right. And, and what do we get? We get the argument that I'm still not clear on how somebody running could be a pre-event indication of something or an atmospheric shift. Look, people run. People run for exercise. People mm. run when they're afraid. People run when, run when they're ding, late. Ding, 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 yeah. Ice cream, ice cream. People yeah. run when they're late. So there's a finite number of reasons that people run. If I took running and I created one box or one bucket for running, then I put kneeling or prone position. Then I put other things. What happens is they don't really mean that much until Shakespeare weaves them into a story. And all of a sudden it becomes glaringly obvious that this person is running from something. Now he's going prone behind a hedge and a helicopter goes over with a searchlight. See, absent the peripherals, Brian, it, it doesn't nothing. make much sense. Yeah, we, but with Jewel, all they went for is ooh piece of candy. They, they went for the big ticket items first, right? And they, right. they didn't go, well, well, how does this help explain wh why he uh, risked his own life to blow himself up? Did he really want to go that far? You see, there's so many holes in that argument. Well, that, and that, that's, that's exactly what it brings it back to about evidence rather than ideology, right? Uh, because, you know, it's, it's like you said, without context, none yes. of these observations mean anything, right? Precisely. I mean, if you just feel like, hey, this is a guy, he's uh, you know, in his mid thirties or okay. Yeah. He's, uh, had an, you know, angry and upset at the government. Okay. Uh, he's had military or law enforcement training. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm just describing myself right now. I mean, you, you got it. I mean, like, you got a bad weather, alcoholic, <laughs> yeah. you get what I'm saying? Angry so, masturbator. I mean, seriously, all of those things you, you have in common with me. So, so it doesn't doesn't mean you know it, it doesn't necessarily without any context to any of those single observations. No, and, and it's no free will. To, those people exist in our society right next to us and never take a step to do anything criminal or illegal yep. or dangerous. You know, and so we can't go there first. Look, uh, uh, knowing the case, and then the other side of the coin where I have to be an instructor and not refer to the case. Uh, we have Eric Rudolph who would have reoffended after the Olympics. Okay. He got a flavor for it. Yep. He crossed the threshold. Now he's got his blood in the water. Do you get what I'm trying to say? And he made the message. He wanted his say and his way. And his way. So it was only a matter of time yeah. until he reoffended. And even if he would have stopped with that crime, they would have caught him sooner or later because he wanted to talk about it. He wanted to show people, you see, this is how you fight. His brother is such a nutcase that his brother oh went God. on the internet yeah. and sawed his own hand off yep. to show people, this is how much I care. Do you see this FBI? Do you see this? Who would do that? So don't try to say who would do that and go around knocking on doors and finding that person. Take a look at what the facts show 
and let the facts lead you to the understanding that, look, this guy opened. His opening volley was a big one. You know what I'm saying? Oh, he yeah. Olympic Village and, and tries to blow people up. And, and, it does. Will, and does. He's not going to stop. He, Hundreds were injured. So that would be because we, we bring that up a lot on here about people who want their say, not necessarily their way. And you got people like Eric Rudolph and all the other uh, uh, turds that we talk about on here. Those are people that want their say and they want their way and they're going to get it. So so you because because he they want he, both. Yeah, he continued with his message. He continued <laughs> writing about it, publishing about it. Um, he did, uh, uh, well, e even to the fact of, I would think he would even have to do with him when he called, um, 911 to say, Hey, there's a bomb in Centennial Park. Twice. There's this twice. Okay. So he does it the first time and he's a little nervous and he goes, Hey, that's not good enough. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Listen, there, there are parts of the investigation folks do your homework. Yeah. There are parts of the investigation that speak directly to the bomber. Take away that it's Eric Rudolph. Take away that the description that you make, uh, he cached over 250 pounds of dynamite. Yeah different locations one of the locations he chose was right above the command center that was looking for eric rudolph now now i've read stuff brian and people go well that was because he was going to blow up the feds he wasn't going to blow up the feds no it's his own a joke going look what i did yep. i operated right under your nose do you know why he wasn't caught for five years because he didn't want to be caught because the theory of the robin hood the the hero of the internet that was uh you know sticking it to the man was more important than him killing another human the body yeah. count didn't matter at that point. no it, it didn't was the story it was I, his message and, and you you could you could see one he knew how to build explosive devices yep. uh with an uh, uh an accurate timer and to yep. go off where and when he wanted it to that's a level of organization there that's, you got that's very high right so but but none of the bombs he only killed two people and then i think he was some people getting credit for the third the guy that ran up afterwards and then had a heart attack or something but like and i i get it and he, he did horrible things but he with the skills that he had i could i i think he could have killed and maimed and injured a lot more people precisely there's no evidence there's no evidence in anything that i've read saw or or interviews that i've conducted that would demonstrate he was going to stop until he wanted to stop and then people say account for the law the lull is because he's he, – look, uh, uh, why didn't Osama bin Laden have to come mm -hmm. out of hiding in uh, uh, Asadabad or, or Abbottabad? Because his message was still strong enough, and he still had a bunch of puppets that were doing his work. Yeah. Had it been on fumes and he has to come out and rally the troops again, he mm -hmm. would certainly have been the first person that, that risked J-damming, you know, getting J-damned to come out and say something. And Rudolph is exactly the same. Rudolph has a – fan base and rudolph knows that the longer that he can run okay that the more important his message becomes that it's davy and goliath i'm standing up to the authorities and they can't touch me so sometimes when they said we're close to catching him which is cool i would have said the same thing if i was a public information officer I would yeah follow their thing, right? oh yeah but but many times what he was actually doing brian is he was taunting him he was playing a game uh they want us to believe that he was an emaciated uh wretch that was uh, uh dumpster diving he was dumpster diving because it was part of a very disciplined schedule of dumpsters yep. that he went to in a town of just over a thousand people. And guess what? He always did it in nighttime hours. And this time a young cop that was doing his job, shining some lights around goes, Holy crap. I got to be an e-boy behind the save a lot at four in the morning and goes up and he catches himself to gosh damn Josie Wales. Do you think that kid had any idea that he had the Josie Wales? No. The other thing is no. when he's got Rudolph, Rudolph is clean shaven, his, you know, his hair is uh, perfect, his, his clothes is new, his stuff. And when they go to his camp, his camp is 55-gallon drums full of all the different type of foodstuffs. Listen, 
They want you to believe that this guy was just barely making it because they don't want to mint a new coin. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Where somebody tries to be an Eric Rudolph. But right. Rudolph knew exactly what he was doing. Never. He had a low level of sophistication, high level of organization, and he was only 30 minutes from his home during the five years that he was on the run. Remember that. So folks. remember that if you're the investigator. So I, I I knew that would that would come out, and because uh, one of the things that agent also said is like, yeah, one of our guys, he was very adamant. He knew he had to be in this area and wouldn't leave, and you know everyone was skeptical so you had one guy going like look he's not he's 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 staying close to his home he's in this yes. area this is where he knows which we can get we'll get into you had one guy yep. and everyone going well no he's got to be moving around he's got he's on these these message boards on the internet remember these are early days of World Wide web in the 90s of, exactly. of all, you know, so so it was a little bit different but but you know he's doing this and he's got this network and and that and you're, and well you had one guy and Thank God, you know, he was the voice of reason and kept saying, you know, because he was going like, no, he can't be anywhere else other than here. Exactly. Why is that? Well, he's going to go back to where he knows. There's only so many areas he can go that exactly. he knows, right? And that he's comfortable with. And as humans, especially if you're on the run or or from and run from wherever, if you're running from coronavirus or you're running for a federal task force that's after you, you're going to go to where you feel most comfortable. You're going to stay yep. in that area. You're you're going to look for familiarity. So yeah, he never uh, he never left the area where he was where he lived where he was from. Yep. He never left so, that area. So old cop trick. And, and, and listen, I, I understand our audience is a lot more than just uh, uh, retired fat cops like me. But listen, <laughs> for, for somebody that might be conducting any kind of investigation or wants to see through some of the BS that's on television, the very first place that I would go is if I was going after a fugitive is I would go to the booking area. And I would see if he's ever been arrested by any of the agencies within a couple of hours from where I was. Then I would go and I would say, can I see the booking sheet? The booking sheet is like the gospel. It has to be filled out, name, social security, this, that, and the other. And there's always a part at the bottom, who do you want us to contact? And that never equates to the family. Sometimes maybe for a DUI, hey, I want you to contact my wife or my dad. Yeah. But for career criminals, it's a person that'll bond them out. Yep. A person that will give them a place to sleep overnight, that'll come and pick them up when they get kicked out the next morning. And guess what? That's like gold. So yep. I don't sit there and say, well, and then you find his pedigree. He was born in Hungary and then emigrated. I don't yeah. need any of it that. It was, now, was educated at this, you know, where, yeah. Do you get what I'm trying yeah. to say? But the best thing is who helped them last? And that's where I start. And guess what? Here he is coming out of the shower <laughs> yeah. going, holy, in your Nazi, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Get him, Sean. But those things right there <laughs> are the types of things, Brian, that have to happen. And and listen, as, as detail-oriented as your criminal is, that means he's highly organized. If you don't have an architecture and an organization, you're going to miss him. And that's why sometimes things go into buckets, because the bucket doesn't say maybe. It says yes or no. Is it present? Yes, it's present. Is this present? Yes, it's present. Now, by the time we get to three or four cues, what are we starting to do? We're starting to bias our investigation. Listen, folks, if you can't find your car keys, go to the last place you saw your car keys, drop something of equal size and weight, and look where it goes. That's probably where your car keys are. If you're not finding your glasses, you know, we're talking Gordian knot stuff here. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, we're right. talking that usually the simplest answer is the, the most true answer. And, and Rudolph is the guy that wants to have it say, listen, uh, 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 Rudolph, wrote and spoke about his exploits the entire time. Uh, years after he was arrested, he writes his manifesto to make sure. Because why? Because he was so flippin' egotistical, Brian, he wanted people to get the story right. Uh, uh, he wrote uh, uh, 
uh, in between the lines of drift or whatever, yeah, 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 you know, the, the, yeah. because I'm the, the head militant. He yeah. even refers to himself as a militant. Right. Now, now you're going, yeah, it's easy to play armchair quarterback because we know all this. No, we know what we're looking for. And that gray man, that, that dry erase board that doesn't have any marks on it, starts getting filled in and we start building that spider chart and guess what just like we want to deny a sniper terrain brian when we do that we want to deny our suspect terrain and rudolph did what he knew he did what he knew every day do you think that he got all those drums up there from dumpster diving do you think that he he was disheveled and unwashed no they, they said he was in great shape his clothes was in great shape because he had planned those places and he had a bail. How do, you ca- how do you how do you cache 250 pounds of, of dynamite right yes. in, on top of the federal task force that's looking for you? Without being a highly organized human being. Do you yeah. get what I'm saying? It, it wasn't his only cache sp- site. No, and right. people say, well, people are helping him. Listen, you don't go across the street to help somebody you've never met. Yeah, it, it's a hobo quotient. You see a guy, you give him a dollar. Yeah, I get it. But you're not going to say when that person comes up, you know, with the beheaded uh, uh, corpse of his <laughs> hand and this? says, hey, uh, <laughs> can you give me a hand getting this into the stolen car? People don't do that. And and even Eric's Rudolph's closest buddies, when they knew the Fed were on, listen, you don't understand what it's like to be on the Fed's top 10. You're on the top 10 in the nation. That means the world. That means everybody's looking for you. Right. So Rudolph knew. And what did he do? Did he go out there and poke the bear externally? Nope. He went 100% internal. And guess what? He wanted to demonstrate to everybody that would come after him that I did it for five years. How long will you give? His brother cut off his flipping hand, oh but he gosh. wasn't stupid. He didn't throw it away. What happened to his hand, Brian? Oh, he had to reattach. Yeah. yeah. Because listen, this is great TV today, but I got to jack off next Tuesday. You know, I got a golf in a month. I, with, like how dichotomous that is, how, that, how stupid that is. So this is why, and another reason why we always tell everyone to do your homework, right? Well, you yes. got to research all this stuff on your own because when you yes. really start to find out everything that's going on, you're going like, wow, how did they not see this right away? Or yep. wow, I didn't know that happened. Like his brother cutting his hand, recording it, and then putting it on the internet of him. I'm so yep. angry at the federal government for harassing me and my brother, and he's innocent. I'm going to yep. cut my hand off. I don't know what that was supposed to represent. Well, yeah, and who was that message for? The yeah. message was for Eric. Yes, Keep exactly. exactly. You see what I'm trying to say? And, and, and right now, there's, there's classes of people watching us, Brian, and, and, and I like to live in a classless society. But what I mean is there's, there's a class of people that are going, everything Hollywood prints is true. Uh, I hear right. that the Atlanta child killer didn't do it, so he's off the hook. Mm-hmm. Then the next one is that Wisconsin guy and, and him and that little kid uh, d- tortured, murdered, raped that poor uh, woman, uh, uh, that was coming to photograph the, the picture of the car. Yeah, and everybody says, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He wasn't guilty either. He went, okay. why? Because there's a part of us that believes there's no way a person could do that. I've seen more dead bodies than anybody that all our listeners have ever met. And guess what? Everyone started well. Everyone was a good person. Everyone, no, and not very few of them, if any, were a serial killer. But the situation demanded that they do something. When it came down to you and them, it was you that had to go. And then yeah. the, the, nobody, nobody sits there and goes, hey, you know, it's target of opportunity crime sometimes, Brian. Rudolph wasn't a target of opportunity crime. Rudolph was well thought out. He had planned this for a long time. He knew what he wanted to do. He knew what he wanted to accomplish. Yeah. And he continued to go back to the well. He was caught completely by a random. Remember how we talk about you one day you're going to walk out of the fob and a meteor is going to hit you. And you're gonna, well, you can't predict that. You think that young copper was searching for Eric Rudolph? No. No. And, 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 and that's why Richard Jewell got caught. Richard Jewell got caught because people got sloppy. They yep. saw enough of a trend leaning towards a direction and said that's close enough for rock and roll. And, and it wasn't. 
No, and that's it. And, and a lot of that you brought up a, a bunch of different issues or, or different topics, especially when it talks to like why we have all the different documentaries. The guys are like, no, I think he's innocent. And you're like, dude, this guy totally did it. And, and yeah. it's, it's, it, it's so obvious. But, uh, you know, it, that goes into we not just not not just our misunderstanding or the general pop that's misunderstanding how this stuff actually works because usually you know like we yeah. always say truth is always stranger than fiction yeah, always. Uh, it's, yes, it's, sir. It's, it's it's usually uh it's a very simple uh way of of things happening it's not you know the the bond villain stroking the cap but you look at even what our originally our criminal justice system was set up for was, was to actually keep innocent people out of jail the whole point was not to allow too much government authority to just jail people right that you had a, that that's how it's set up that's why it's difficult yes. even to to um um you know convict very guilty parties because of our system and that that's how yeah, it was and, set up and, so, and another another echelon to execute them you get what i'm saying another uh, huge yeah oh yeah, yeah it's you know it's, people will die in jail before you execute them yeah, and it's and and the problem is is that because of you know people have been wrongly convicted, uh, yep. even though I don't know how many criminal convictions, just total criminal convictions there are in the United States every year, but it's a lot. And, and how many of those are wrong? That number we again is very 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 small. However, Absolutely. they make for a great story, right? So that's what they're going to make a story about, not the ninety whatever percent that are we're right spot on they're right out of that exactly. right it's always like, so so that that's part of it but but to, i i think what what adds to even what you're saying about rudolph was um uh, his sentencing because I, I i pulled that out to read it because it's it's again it's people who want to have their say and their way but you know he released a statement explaining his actions in a statement he claimed that he had and this is the quote deprived the government of its goal of sentencing me to death and the fact that I've entered into an agreement with the government is purely a tactical choice on my part and in yep. no way legitimizes the moral authority of the government to judge this matter or impute my guilt. It's like, well, well, that was one pretty well written. But, hey, but, but listen, where have you heard that before? And, and uh, folks, you don't have to live with Brian Marion. You don't have to ride around with him in a sled. You don't have you to don't go to the hotel and sleep at the foot of his bed. And, and because we share that every other night because we only get a single. Uh, but and it uses up all the towels. Uh, get that. What's that movie with John Candy where he's <laughs> Those in the bathroom? That's us. Those aren't pillows. That's us. If you want to uh, see that, planes, trains, but, and automobiles. Yeah. Yeah. But but what you just did is you looped it back in in expert fashion to anybody that's got a manifesto. All manifestos read that way. Oh, yeah. Why? Yeah. Because those folks don't get it like we get it. Those folks think that you puny humans watch the film Plan 9 from Outer Space and watch the bad guy and you'll get the best soliloquy on what it means to be a, a loner and, and a criminal dangerous loner. They don't understand the world like you live in. Uh, uh, BTK, Dennis Rader, mm -hmm. didn't understand the world like you did. Okay, So, so I have to put my uh, uh, Easter Bunny outfit now because I'm going to rape your husband while I murder the wife in front of the kids. That is so nonsensical to the way that we would think. But those folks go, wait a minute, it makes so much sense. Let me go back and show you. Let me tell you. Let me tie it together. So this is what I would say for the white belts in the audience, and I'm a flipping white belt, folks. I would say go back and think. If this guy was doing these things, he was willing to go that extra mile. If he was writing and saying these things, which he was the entire time uh, uh, publicly, and, and, and do you imagine – 
that one of his friends that played euchre with him up at the hunting cabin, yeah. do you think he ever talked like that? All the time. Do you think he talked like that to the bag boy when he had to go into town with his public persona and get some gifts? Well, son, you see that can right there? That's communism because, you know, that can's full of it. It's full of conspiracy. He talked like this all the time. And I'm not talking about old crazy Joe, the violinist that's sitting there with his bucket open for money. Those people are harmless. They mean nothing to you. That's mental illness. What he had is he had a cunning mind, tactical cunning to say that, listen, I'm going to act out. And nobody listened, Brian. His own family didn't want to hear it. It, it, was, right. it was like watching an episode of Psycho. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Where mother is, is up in the window. His whole family was as touched as he was. We're getting sued for this one. But if you take a look at it, uh, how did McVeigh get friends? How did he get confidence? Birds of a feather. Homophily, he went to the group of disenfranchised people just like him. Would it surprise you that Rudolph did ride-alongs? Nope. Didn't nope. surprise me. Would it uh, surprise you that, that Rudolph got bounced out of the army? Uh, uh, for doing something that was prohibited and then held that against everybody. You ruined my career by bouncing me out because I popped out on a piss test. Yeah, exactly. That type of person has to follow that behavior profile. So, le- so I, and I think that's a kind of great place to, to, to go right into because that's what it is, is that, you know, you're talking about an individual who let's take it right there. All right. I, he gets kicked out of the army for smoking pot and which you, everyone knows you can't do that in the military. Uh, and, and so, you know, he gets, now kicked out. Can, I think I think they got green Tuesday. I don't, I don't think so. where everybody, I'm, even the generals out there with a bong. So, I'm fairly, I'm fairly certain you can't do that. Still, okay. okay. All right. <laughs> so, I'll wait till we hear from somebody, somebody so, else though. So, uh, yeah, that's not my story. So, uh, so anyway, <laughs> we, but, but that's, that's what it comes down to. And, and that's what, a lot of the this, that's the bucket that that uh, most of these individuals yeah. fall into, yeah, right? It's not I'm I'm not to blame. It's not my fault. It's your fault, and I'm going to take it out on you. Okay, how many yes. times have we seen that? That's that's any type of extremist uh, uh, attacks that fall under, whether that's you know Islamic extremism, uh, uh, white supremacy, uh, uh, Christian black extremism, super, black yeah, exactly. supremism, whatever Mexican supremacism. I don't know what the different types are, but right there, there's there's four. There's like four or five, uh, but, but that, that's the whole thing. Indonesians on the top. No, yeah, no, are. but you're exactly right. You're, so, so look, uh, go back to, to Rudolph being in the military. Brian, you're a subject matter expert. You're a tactic subject matter expert. You're a, a subject matter expert on human behavior. There's a number of, of, of uh, 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 skills. <laughs> exactly. There's another STD. There's a number of skills <laughs> that you're an expert on uh, from having uh, treated them on yourself. But listen, go back to just for a minute, the, the military with Eric Rudolph. Yeah. Eric Rudolph just wasn't a soldier, okay? He was in 101st, okay? Uh, being airborne harp is different than just being a leg. He had just passed his placement for air assault. That's meaningful as well. Those are hard things to get. Not every 11 Boogaloo gets a chance to go across the street and try out for those, and, and not as many make it. So these are yeah. specialized units, right? Okay? Now, Brian, he's also a spec four, an E4, Okay. So even though that you were in the in, in, in the Marine Corps, Marine Corps and the Army are virtually identical. It only gets screwy when you get into the Navy. And like in the Air Force, just for signing up, you're a lieutenant general. Or yeah, something. I don't know. <laughs> so I, I don't know what it is, but they like hand you the keys to the air base and go, go. Uh, uh, but the idea is, let's think of an E-4. How long would it take a person to be E-4 in a Marine Corps? A few years. Okay. A couple so years. So it's not Depends a month, to, and it's not no. one year. Yeah. Do you see what I'm trying to say? And sometimes... The E rank with the year, it's right around that same thing. So an E4 might take three or four years. You get what I'm saying? An E5 might take five or six, right? And we're talking like a corporal or sergeant. And he was a specialist, which which is yet again a a distinction. 
What does this show about Eric Rudolph? That he could hold it together when he needed to. He held it together for years. His enlisted efficiency reports were fine. But when he had enough, what did he do? He acted out. So how does he act out to make sure that he gets bounced out without a dishonorable? He smokes some kind bud and he pops hot. So guess mm-hmm. what? He's out. When we take a look at these folks, this is not a ne'er-do-well. This is not a guy that you would see on the street and go, something's wrong with this guy. He has to be able to blend in a chameleon-like fashion. Why? Because he's never going to get to the finish line if he doesn't. You know, when we're talking about Zoker Tsarnev, and you see the Tsarnev brothers, and you're taking a look at Tamerlan standing next to him, everybody goes, well, they look just like everybody else. Not to a no, trained they don't. professional. They don't. No, they don't. To a trained professional, you're going, oh, predatory look, mission focus. These guys have gone internal. Bing, 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 bing. And that's why training changes behavior, Brian, because if you just go with a laminated sheet of a bunch of conjecture and horse shit, you're going to come up with, guess what, Richard Jewell, you know what I'm saying? And, and 13 years after his life, you're going to be making a movie to try to make amends. Yeah, I, I and, and which which he doesn't get, again, he gets nothing off of that movie and probably neither does his family. Exactly. Um, you know, but, but that goes into those profiles or jamming the square peg into the round hole. Yes. It's, to use as a, as a possible explanation for something, but it's not a, uh, it's not a conviction, right? It's not evidence, but it's, it's, it's theoretical. It's, it's enough theoretical to bring him in. It's enough to yeah, talk yeah, yeah. to him or contact no, no. him. Yeah. It's, it's enough to go, Hey, instead of these thousand people, uh, let's narrow it down to these a uh, hundred or 10, yep. right? Yep. Okay. Cause, cause that's what you're, what you should be trying to do anyway. Right. So it's like, well, where, who are my likely, what, what, what mold does that fit into? Right. Exactly. Uh, what, who, what are my typical type of individual? And then from there, okay, now we can look at this group, uh, which is going to be a lot, uh, but it's less than looking at an entire population. Right. Yeah. yeah and, but, but then add the next layer, Brian, add the layer of explosives. Explosives yeah, are a very accent. detailed thing because yeah. a person that comes and goes, I've been an engineer with explosives for a long time. You would suspect that person. And, and what do they have to do in movies? You remember the movie, the kingdom? I liked like a, third of the film of the kingdom and it's got a lot of great action but who are they uh, yeah, looking for like a, the yeah. scarred one-eyed guy with no because he's been in the bomb maker shop the whole time and yeah. he smells like cordite shut up that's hollywood what you're looking for is a highly organized person brian how, how good did eric uh, rudolph do in school he was bounced out of every school that he went to what kind of schools did he go to he went to very elite schools that had uh, uh, a laser focused uh, study I was in a Christian extremist school, or I was in a, a, a Judeo-Christian uh, uh, you know, prep school where you had to follow these rules. Brian, that speaks to me. That, that helps me paint stuff on that dry erase board that's going to get me closer to the person we're looking for and, and not just playing where's Waldo with a shotgun. Yeah, no, and that, that's that's exactly the point. Is that you can't you, you you can't just use those things as oh these are like you know that news story that came out that the Atlanta newspaper did on Jewel. Yep. It's like well that's what happens when you just use those. That's exactly what happens. You get yep. the wrong and guy. People stopped looking. Did they or did yeah. they not? People stopped looking. You know, and and then everything after that, Brian. Because remember, a pendulous swing of the way things are going. Every time that there was an abortion clinic accident, or a bombing, or an attack, or something that a car backfired near one. Guess who was there? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Eric Rudolph. We, we yeah. know Rudolph is behind this. And, and so Rudolph loved that. He cherished that, Brian. Well, uh, one of the, the comments, and, and I don't want to bash any police agency or anything, but uh, one of the comments said that, hey, listen, uh, it was the strategy to allow him to talk to local law. No, he talked to local law because he wanted to get his story out. Stop mm-hmm. fibbing. Uh, somebody says that, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, when, he, when he caught, he didn't fight or run uh, from the copper, didn't try to take his copper's gun. Yeah, because in person he's shit. Uh, he no, builds bombs. Yeah, you can't do it. Yeah, 
He doesn't yeah. have to be there. He's right. not going to get up in your face. He's not going to carry a gun because that's not fitting his MO. He doesn't do those things. So those type of things, Brian, sometimes, and I refer to that as revisionist history. And I've, I've done revisionist history. Brian, do you think I'm going to tell a story where I look bad, where I look <laughs> stupid? Of, of course not. I, I wasn't even there on the day that it happened, but I was the guy in the lead pursuit. You get what I'm trying to say? Right. Had the fastest car. That's yeah. how we are as humans, Brian. And we have to avoid that because those biases can actually get us away from where we need to be in an investigation. I'm not saying that you're a groove in a record and everything is start to finish, but I'm telling you what, if you start going off on these spirals and you can't get yourself back, uh, your suspect will be on the run for five years, if you know what I'm saying. Right. And, and, and uh, again, this is why these, the, these different you know, profiles that people come up with, um, whether that's from a law enforcement agency or some person on the news or something, and the way they articulate this stuff, it really just sends us down a rabbit hole that, that is unnecessary, right? Because um, yep. the, the one, it doesn't address things, right? So you're looking at like still to this day, which has always been for a long time, is you go to the one thing the FBI is great at is what? Crime stats. And amazing. Threats, the best and, we've seen. And here's the what you're going to, here's, here's what's going on. What's always, always been the number one priority of the FBI is some type of homegrown terrorism, right? There's an insider threat issue in the US. Like it's whether it's a, a right wing not, or left wing now, extremism, whatever it is, that's always been, I don't care if you're, you're burning down, uh, um, uh, stuff that's being built in Colorado because you're yep. for the Earth Liberation Front, exactly. or you're you're some um, uh, right wing white supremacist group that you South know, you, Baptist whatever, Church burning what, down whatever something. it is. Yeah, you, yep. You, you, but but that's always been the case. And so then what happens is you know they one people go hey you know FBI or whoever you, this is your job why aren't you busting these people? Well, first of all, you you can't get arrested until you commit a crime. Uh, two, yeah. uh, you know you got to do surveillance and you got to do this and this is what the issue. And, and they're so, federal. The big yeah. F at the beginning of their so name. So they might right. not have jurisdiction yet if something doesn't fall under a federal statute that they're exactly. not. So, so, but they come up with different, and, and I only bring them up because they're always a lead on the stuff and they come up with the behavioral profiles and everyone's super, you know, think it's some super mystical, cool thing. And it's just a generalization, exactly what you said. It's a bunch of layers of acetate paper that you lay over something. But, but that's the thing is that it, it's, it's a, used to an attempt to understand uh, something that's going on, a phenomenon, the, the even un though it's understandable. not yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. But, but, exactly but, but, that, right. but that's what it is. And if you're using it for that, that's fine, but you can't use that to, yep. uh, to, to find a criminal and prosecute a crime. You don't, you don't need that junk. That's to, that's for the PhD types to sit back and write books and go, what's causing this extremism in our country yes. uh, and uh, over protracted over the last 400 yeah. years and, and the trend it, has been yeah is exactly. it any different than it was 100 or 150 years ago or is it actually less now and that's for that that those conversations but the problem is though that rhetoric and those conversations and those templates and those that lexicon that terminology filters down to an investigator going well all right he fits this profile it's like whoa 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 wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute that, that let's Let's use artifacts and evidence in support of a reasonable conclusion. We don't yep. always look now because that stuff has become so mainstream and it's in common, common vernacular. I mean, yep. everyone knows the term lone wolf. Um, why? Why do people know what that means? You know what I mean? Because this is our way of describing things. And then it's real good for the news. Why? Because that gets people scary. When you tell me lone wolf, you're not going to know. He comes out of nowhere. He hides in the shadows. He hides in the, the forest and then comes out at night and plants bombs or attacks or does this yep. like that's scary. So one, I'm going to keep watching your new show because I want to find out how I can. Uh, yeah, Cause that lone this. wolf could be in my yard tonight. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly so, it. 
Yes. So it comes down to when, when if you know, you got to take that evidence-based scientific approach to some of these and go, well, who could have done it? Who, what would likely happen? Where did they put it? Where did they get access to the materials? Uh, who was the target? Because that can help and go, oh, okay, well, what, what, knowing what that is. But, but it's all about, it, we, we get wrapped around, uh, um, you know, kind of looking at the wrong thing. And I, and I think that, Richard Jewell case, which is the Eric Rudolph case. So that's yep. the other reason I want to do this is like, Hey, this is the guy that did it. This is the guy that caused all this stuff. You know, he, Eric Rudolph. Let's make sure that flashlight this. goes where it yeah. needs to be pointing. Yeah. Like, like this poor guy, Richard Jewell, who, I mean, he's, he's been dead now for 10, 13 years. I think 2007 when he died, um, uh, you know, he was still young. Um, you know, he, this poor guy, it gets caught up in this mess and look what happens using all that stuff that we just talked about yep. and all this, Oh, that looks close enough. Hey, this fits the profile of what we think, what we think, what in our minds we believe to be true. Exactly. What I've seen on the news and I've seen in movies and I've seen on TV. This, I heard somebody talking about it. This is the guy right here. He fits everything. Yep. And yet there's no evidence to back up that do, claim. Do, do you remember the, the joke that we get Collier with all the time? Eric Collier, our Sergeant at arms, uh, uh, incredible uh, Marine scout sniper instructor, just loving to death. Uh, uh, Collier, we still don't know whether you live in Baltimore, Baltimore or Boston. I have no idea, I but I know he's been a uh, <laughs> fisherman knuckles guy. So, uh, in Iraq, uh, uh, Collier on the, on the, the top of the, the, the collot and saying, uh, listen, we got time. Reem. We don't have to run. Uh, we got plenty of time. And I reached down and grabbed the binos and I flipped them over. And now he goes, holy shit, they're right on top of us. <laughs> the joke is that when you're using the binos, if you're looking through the wrong end, things look a lot further away, right? Well, oh, that's how God. evidence goes sometimes. If you push away certain things and don't give them weight, if you deny yourself the ability to step back and get a fresh set of eyes on it, right? If, if you're jaded and, and you start looking at a thing a, a thing a certain way, you can't not see that, okay? So, so it's important to not put that red round peg in a square hole. It's important not to rush to an unreasonable judgment. It's important to enlist the aid of other people. We're not talking about a normal human being. We're talking about Eric Rudolph that was so dangerous, he's on top 10 list when only three people are dead. And that's going to sound callous, Brian. That's going right. to sound callous. But he wasn't the master criminal super... Why were people scared of him? Because it was still 250 pounds of dynamite, and he mm -hmm. got away with four bombings. That's yep. what scared people, and that's who we need to be looking for. And, and Brian, you say it all the time. You, 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 you say uh, uh, it's not knowing what to look for. That's TTPs, and there's a lot of them. So what to look for would have been uh, Eric Rudolph on the uh, post office wall, that, that picture. Remember that? Yeah. that whenever oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But how to look for him. And you're the best in the world at reminding me what separates us from our competition is we teach people how to look. And guess what? I would add that, that, that we not only teach them how to look, but we teach them where to look. And that's why training is so important because you have to have an architecture so you don't leave stuff on the ground. You, you don't have a, a cutting room floor below the editor that's full with this full possible of, evidence. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so we consider everything, but we don't consider it equally. And, and we try to tr create a path, but we let the evidence show us a path instead of us that, putting it together. So, so that's a great point about, about uh, how things are weighted, right? Because you said, yes, yeah, you, yes you consider everything to us. Like everything has to do with everything. Yep. Now, not equally, you know, but, 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 but you don't weigh each piece of evidence equally. So the problem with this one was they weighed that evidence too much. They said, Hey, yep. this profile that we know of that, that we've seen before. So push the it, other stuff off the desk yeah, and yeah, just yeah. Take centers. Or, or only take that. The only, let's only it. take that. I think that would be good to know if after the evidence you say, Hey, 
oh, and this also fits this other TTPs that we've seen in yep. like-minded individuals because yep. that can help you in an investigation know what other typical things are you going to see. You're but, the first person. You're, you're so spot on on this one, but you're the first person who always rings me in and goes, hey, uh, uh, remember, our audience just is, isn't cops or military or first responders. We get everybody. And thank you, folks, with it. for listening. Please tell somebody else. But listen, if you're thinking that your spouse is cheating on you, if this you're is thinking what I was to, yeah. that your kid is lost or your kid is missing, if, if somebody stole your car, the first thing I would ask a person, how much fuel is in your car? What? They, 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 you stole my car. Aren't you going to get out? No, I need to know a couple of things. One, where's the keys? Two, was there fuel in the car? Three, what's your car do that other cars don't? Do you right. get what I'm trying to say? What's your, why? Because I want to see that unique fingerprint, Brian. I want, I want, what makes you the unique little snowflake I'm looking for? And Rudolph had it in spades. Rudolph was shitting it out. And guess what? People missed it. How do we miss it, Brian? Because we buy our own horse crap. We sit there and we think we're the smartest guy in the room. And therefore, we're not going to slow off the gas and listen to what the other experts bring to the table. And, and, that, and that's what we miss. And, and that's that's what I was getting into is the, 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 the takeaway for, you know, 2020 right now when everyone's in isolation and doing this stuff is that this is the time, like, this is when people write manifestos. This is when people go off. This is when they have that time point. Like, yep, no, this is the, you the, bastards, I know it. We, so we, next time I see it, yep. I we've can already, see we've already oh. seen it with, with the train guy up in uh, Los yeah. Angeles. We've seen it with the hospital in the Midwest there where the guy wanted to bomb the, the hospital. Like this, this is those times. So that's that point to look out for is all those messages. It's, it's, you don't have to speak the language to read the writing on the wall. I don't necessarily need to know what it means, but I got, if I can spot a yes. manifesto, cause I, yep. that's why, you know, it, it, I'm on Twitter all the time, just yep. reading through stuff. Cause it's great. Cause you'll see people go and go and you're like this person, if you do a 14, you know, thing, Twitter rant on something like you're, you're writing a manifesto. You're yes. so emotionally uh, involved in what you're writing about and so angry and upset that you can't put that fucking phone down. Um, yes. You might need help, and you're the likely person yeah, yeah. who's going to... So, you're, so you, you're, you come to the top of my list knowing full well that statistically it's an it's insignificant nothing. number of yes. those people that will ever act it out. Why? Because most people want their say. So thank God for the ability for those people to write and other people to shut them down and everything else. Yes. Yeah. Write hate speech. Hate speech is bad. But if you're going to write hate speech and you're going to write threat speech, guess what? You're coming up on somebody's yep. radar and you got to get the shepherd's it, crick. You got to get yanked in. And in the clear eye, uh, light of day, somebody's got to look at you, check your hands and check your house. That's and what that's, I'm saying. And that's why we're always so laser focused on intent. Yep. Everything has to do with intent. All humans demonstrate intent in what you do. Yes. You don't get up. There isn't absent intent. We're yeah. not looking at you. Yes. That's what separates. People are going, hey, I don't want the police to have powers to look at me for this, yeah. that, and the other. Listen, you got nothing to worry about. People that hide uh, uh, behind uh, uh, their their words and they don't come up like, I don't know how that Twitter and stuff yeah. works, Brian. But but I'm sure it's that most it doesn't come with their a saying. photo in their house and stuff, right? Yeah. So, so the idea is that that guy might be worried, hey, freedom, freedom of speech, you can say anything you want. But if you start saying, meet me down at the corner, we're going to blow up the federal building, now you've committed a crime. So know the difference. The person that does that and says that and is willing to commit that crime, there's very few of them, but they stand out of the crowd. They, and they have to create an alternative persona because if not, they stick out in every crowd they go into. And, and, and yeah, and that comes down to, I always give it because we always go back to the, to the white belt. Look, if you're like, hey, how do I know it's not my friend or neighbor or cousin or this? Exactly. It's the intent. Does someone's actions demonstrate intent? And I know people probably hear the term intent and go, well, that sounds like a legal term or, or a law or, no, or you know, law enforcement term. But, it, but just everything. It's a step. 
everything you do. It's a step taken so, so the, towards something. So, so everything, intent. everything, every, in order for you to do something, you have to demonstrate some type of intent, right? You don't get up and leave your house for anything unless you have to or want to go somewhere. And there's going to be things you have to do to demonstrate that intent. So you have to get up, you got to put your shoes on, you got to get the car keys or whatever. That's, those are all things that that's not just saying, Hey, uh, yeah, I'm going to go to the store or yeah, I'm going to go to, to Costco and pick that stuff up. Okay, well, yep. I can say that all day long until I start demonstrating intent. You know, my wife is going to be very happy until she sees me do what? Pick up the keys and get stuff yeah, and put exactly shoes right. on. So those are the two things. It, the it, I intent always, is demonstrated. Yeah, Brian, yeah. Brian uh, I, I was on a suicide once and we got a, you know, sometimes gallows humor and, and uh, suicide hadn't occurred yet. Uh, it was in progress, if you know what I'm saying. And uh, it was the shortest suicide note and, and uh, uh, send off that I'd ever heard. And we use it to this day. See ya. And the guy said it exactly like that and then uh, committed suicide right in front of us. That person wanted their say in their way, uh, dialing it back. There was no message other than that. They were full and today was checkout day. I've had the other spectrum where I've read a suicide note that was, that was yeah. written, hand-lettered, everything but calligraphy and said, well, this is what you're going to know after I'm gone, this and that. If that person hurt so bad that they took that long to write it and you missed it, you need to reassess what you were looking at. Do you get what I'm trying to say? And I'm not trying to call anybody bad, but I'm saying people telegraph their moves. And Everyone if I'm does. saying that kinesics telegraphs and when you're going to use the, the left or the right, then I'm saying that your mouth and your hand and everything that you touch, a, a human signature can be found in their bomb, in their stitching when they're doing uh, uh, sewing, in how they write a letter. Every single thing that we do is Dave. unique to us and we will set a pattern because you're we have to. We're humans. Your your keychain, how you yes, clean your vehicle, yes. and like which how hand you, you put it on, yeah, and, and like, whether you take it off and set it on the sink, or you got a special bowl, or if you wear it at night, Brian, that minutia, that and 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 you call it pocket lint, which I love that terminology because as coppers we'd never use that, and then the first time I heard it, I go, damn, I'm writing that down, you know, because I, I, I steal anything I like uh, and and put it out on the broadcast as my own. Well, but yeah, yeah, Brian, <laughs> well at least we we do say in person, like, no, exactly. I don't know where that came from. I don't exactly. know. Someone yeah, said we'll it. Attribute it to somebody, Marin. Uh, 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 but the idea is that the reason that I, I like discussions like this, and, and listen, you and I disagree on a lot of stuff, but when it comes to the architecture, when it comes to the core values, when it comes to the six domains, when it comes to intent, we, we've never differed on those things. Now, now you and I might give different weight to one of the things. Like, you'll say that this is a heuristic template match. And I'll go, now, nah, Brian, I think it was more prototypical because look at this. And then you'll discuss that and you may retain your opinion. But guess what? We've never missed the suspect. We've never right. missed a bad guy. So, so the idea is that we're not saying that you can't have different views, but we're saying that certain things don't matter and they need to fall through your sieve. I'm, I'm moving a lot of rocks in my backyard right now and it was dumped as dirt. So I had like, to take chicken wire. Like actual rocks? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, oh, real yeah. Not crack rocks. You, okay. No, that's in, the, that's in the meth lab downstairs, Marin. That's, is there smoke coming? Can anybody see it? <laughs> you so, smell cat piss? So I've got, my, yeah, I've got my wheelbarrow. I do actually, but that's me. Uh, I've got my wheelbarrow and what I did is I had to take a Lanny. Our neighbor Lanny got caught in a chicken coop. So I took oh, some yeah. chicken wire that he had to cut out and put it over and I'm shoveling dirt through it. And guess what? I don't have the right filter, but it's catching a lot of the rocks. That's how life is, Brian. The more training you have, the tighter your filter is and, and the, the less sand and rock mix you have at the end, it's more pure. So the more training, the more pure my signal gets, the less training. It's kind of like me with the chicken wire where it's still kind of a rocky mess. So that's why we always say people go, hey, great tagline, but what's it mean? Training changes behaviors. Look, do you think everybody was born with disability? Do you think Sherlock Holmes just occurred? You have right. to cultivate this, and it, it has to percolate, and it has to age, and that's where you start getting good at it. And once you get there, 
then you want the gems, Brian. And, and uh, uh, we have to create an institutional memory and take some of these gems and push it down to folks. And it doesn't matter that you're well, not a cop. If you're you, just looking for a crossword puzzle cue, this is how you go well, you, about it. Yeah, this you is need, the architecture. You, you, yeah, exactly. That's what it is. It's an analytical framework and architecture. Framework, you don't exactly. If you don't have that, then, then none, all this other stuff doesn't matter. Then you're throwing matter. darts. And that's, I, I think that's a, also a good way to articulate our biggest issue with a lot of these different profiles or things that people yes. come up with. It's like, no, you're, you're, you're starting with this and then you're trying to make everything fit that. To us, yeah, it, but that's it's, not it's, how it works. No, exactly. You, you and that's what I'm saying. Like, for, yeah, yeah. for us, it's like we always say, it's, you know, uh, <laughs> what, what do you see? Like tennis shoe plus lawn chair equals beach ball. Got them. That's it. That's it. That's that. People, you remember we were asked, could you define in just one sentence what what human behavior pattern recognition analysis? I gave exactly what Brian just said, and the people got mad at me. And they said you keep changing it. And I go, no, why? And they said depends. And I go, like the undergarment. And they go, no. Uh, you keep <laughs> saying that it depends. Well, they say which one of these uh, uh, six domains is active? All of them, all the time. Well, it depends. Well, what do you mean it depends? Well, they're all active all the time, but in this situation, only these three have been triggered. And they go, well, how are we supposed to know that? Dude, that's what I'm trying to teach you. Yeah. You got to slow down. You got to back up and you got to see it through a pair of glasses. And guess what? On the glasses are certain filters that make sure that not all the rocks get in and some of the sand is getting in. But that's not it. That'll only get you to the tipping point. Then you have to go through that sand with your hands and you have to look for that nugget. You have to look for that gem. And once you find those, guess what? It's going to start building on its own. You don't have to create it. You don't have to stand it up and, and, and see the, the, the house of cards fall. It's going to lead you. The evidence is going to whistle and go, hey, over here. That's how strong it should be. Yeah, and those of you following along on Instagram, seeing our Whiteboard Wednesday are, are getting to, to see what some of those terms are, not, not That's necessarily cool. training or understanding them, are, but you're, now that you're hearing them in use, it should start to click. So I think that's uh, kind of remind everyone too to to follow along with that, and and also uh, the chicken coop story comes out. Actually, by the time everyone's listening to this podcast, that chicken coop story comes out. Totally true story, <laughs> and and I don't know, I don't know, Brian, if you're going to use the picture that Lanny sent me and so, demanded uh, a recount on his I, photo with you guys. I will if he actually sent you that photo and said use this photo. He I did. Thought you, he said no, 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 right, no, no. I, gotta, I need you to understand that 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 you remember the photo that I chose, folks. Uh, uh, to depict my neighbor, Lanny, who I love to, to death, uh, uh, I went on and got the toothless, bearded, you know, the, the guy from uh, 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 the Treasure of Sierra Madre. <laughs> you know, I got that guy and I said, hey, this is my neighbor. And guess what? Uh, uh, months later, he finally found it. His wife had to read it to him and say, hey, that's you. So, so he got pissed after getting locked in the chicken coop and he sent me the photo that Brian's going to, so please folks, if, you, if, if you've you never done a lessons learned if, before. Yeah. If you haven't read our, our lessons learned, uh, you got to check that out on the website, everyone. My or arch enemy, on, my nemesis. On, on Instagram, you can click that little link in there and all that stuff pops up for you to choose from to watch them on YouTube or read some of those. So that chicken coop one is a good one. So, hey, and, and Brian, I, 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 I can't tell you how much I appreciate all the work that you've done on the website and on the, the left of Greg, which is, folks is all Brian. Brian's the, the star there and the lessons learned, which uh, Brian has to, to pour through and edit because I write them with a flat sided crayon. <laughs> but also uh, uh, I'd loved being on Walt's podcast. And you remember we were on Brian Willis's podcast a little while ago. And, yeah. and next week we're going to be on Adam Parr's podcast. I'm very excited about that only because uh, uh, we get to share our passion, which is human behavior. Uh, with other folks so thanks to Walt yeah uh, specifically and how do they get to his 
yeah, I'll put the links up for the Distinguished for Savage podcast, but follow along, folks. We're going to have um, uh, a listener questions one, kind of inspired by Walt's stuff. I thought it was a great conversation, so I'll put the link up for that. It's already published by the time you're listening to this, so so check that out. That's where he interviews us, and so which is cool. I think it it, it, it brings out a lot more than Greg and I just having a conversation, but I did want to end... Uh, with with um, a, a point to remember while we're all in isolation right now or or quarantined, and uh, it's it kind of goes if you're worried about what to do while you're quarantined, remember that while he was in isolation, mathematician Theodore Kaczynski completed more than 16 successful technical projects and wrote a 35,000 word essay that was published in the New York Times. So you folks, there you go. You're falling behind. You're falling behind. I, think, I, I, I had to use so that for brilliant. our Eric Rudolph podcast because so, someone posted so just on so Twitter you guys know, and cried laughing. Uh, uh, Brian is one of those guys that we're, we're out there. He's always got a quote. He's very smart when it comes to quotes. He's always got a quote. The problem is most of his quotes are from people like Ted Kaczynski or, <laughs> or uh, Jeffrey Dahmer or his favorite one now is Charles, Charles Manson. Manson. You get what I'm saying? And you see he's hey, got the guitar back there. So If I, if I, yeah, haven't, if I seen haven't seen it, it <laughs> new to me. That's That's perfect. So. Yeah, so, so we're on. I was just going to tell you, there's a shack somewhere, Marin, and your name and my name are carved in there. Oh yeah, you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And they're still doing. They're doing with the angry face left of Greg. You know. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Exactly. Come get some. Oh, that that was yeah. That was that was a funny one I saw on Twitter. That's hilarious. I don't even know how many people would even remember know who Theodore Kaczynski, Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, which we started off this podcast talking about, was. And they put it sixteen technical projects in a thirty-five thousand word essay. So first of all, as brilliant as that is, folks to round out what we were talking about in this episode after that manifesto was published Kaczynski's brother called the local FBI office and said it's my brother yep and they go how do you know and he goes I'm I've his flipping it. brother yep. and I've read every word and he said that at lunch he said it at a breakfast table yeah. he said all that stuff before don't you don't have to turn over every stone in an investigation just have to turn over a couple of the right ones training helps you figure out which ones those are yeah. And if you got a, I, I think that's a, that's a, that's a good point there too, to, to end on is that his brother recognized that. So if you're reading something that a family member, friend, uh, work acquaintance, uh, saying, and, and you could picture that being a uh, part of a, a trial, uh, a testimony, uh, at a few years from now, you, you, <laughs> that's you may wanna... you might want to call, call exactly. your local field office or, or contact that individual, make exactly. sure everything's okay. I would start there. But uh, if you don't have anything else to, to add, Greg, I think that's a good spot to end on. No, thanks, everybody. Keep the faith. Uh, faith, not fear. Yep. Training changes behavior. Thanks for tuning in, folks. If you would like some more information about what we talked about today, you can head to the Left of Greg Patreon site where we've added some more information about what we discussed as well as some examples of how you can practically apply some of the lessons learned. Please remember to tell your friends about the show and follow us on Facebook at HBPRA. Thanks again and be safe.